0: So when I started to draw the sword suit, it felt very colonial, imperialist, like just like this weapon, it's like, I don't want this steel weapon in my deck. I mean, and also just like the king and queen, this like patriarchal, very, I just, it never felt good to me and just like, it brings up all this, um, hard feelings, I think especially with my background
1: you're listening to conversations for the mystically curious a podcast brought to you by kismet berlin On our show, we will interview creators, makers, and just generally inspiring people working in the realms of esoteric spirituality, science, and the arts. On today's show, we interview Maritza Rice Aparicio Tovar, otherwise known as Mari in the Sky, the creator of the Gentle Tarot. Mari was working in some of the remotest areas of Alaska doing biology work for the Department of Fish and Game, when one day she decided to start illustrating flora and fauna as an outlet for her well-being. Little did she know that the stickers she sold at the local museum would lead to the birth of the gentle tarot and would take her on a professional journey she could have never anticipated. Drawing from her environment and letting herself be guided by her instinct, she created a deck that not only represents its name, but was more importantly the kind of tool that she felt she needed in her life. In our conversation, Kate, Mari, and I talk about her discovery of tarot, the importance of stewardship of the earth for indigenous people, the highs and lows of launching a Kickstarter campaign, and how to ward off bears. Before we get to our guest, Kate and I decided once again to have a little catch up. Hey Kate, so you bravely made the journey back to the U.S. to go see your family. How'd that go? I did. Yeah, it seemed like the opportunity was there. So I
2: seized it. And aside from the discomfort of wearing a mask on the plane for the whole time, it's been really great. Um, So I'm staying in the Boston area um, on Cape Cod, if anybody knows where that is. It's sort of a a smaller area area with a lot of really lovely beaches and pine forests and it's just starting to warm up so hopefully i can go swimming soon um but uh yeah having the chance to reconnect with family has been has been really great so
1: That area is also famous for something else uh, because you're not that far from Salem, Massachusetts, which is where the witch trials were held. So there's actually a lot of really cool esoteric shops around there. Have you had a chance to visit any of them?
2: No, I haven't had a chance to go to Salem, Um, although I would like to go. Actually, I did some research in my family tree uh, about a year back, and I realized that I actually have... A relative that was living in Salem, Massachusetts <laughs> during the witchcraft trials. I don't know anything more than that, so I won't. I won't make more of it than it is. But uh, I was interested to learn that. Um, but I haven't visited Salem yet. Uh, but I did get a chance to go to Worcester, Massachusetts, in another part of the state to visit uh, a shop called Seed to Stem. So this is not an advertisement. <laughs> but uh, it's just simply a, a, a visit to another space that resonates. So what they've got is a space that's very large and focused mainly on plants, crystals, um, and housewares, as well as dinosaur fossils, whale mm-hmm. fossils, and taxidermy.
1: Yeah, that sounds cool. Plus, you and I always tend to gravitate more towards the scientific side of esoterica. You know, we, we ourselves really love everything that has to do with uh, physics and biology and chemistry. So it's always really exciting to be able to see other people's visions that are kind of on a similar wavelength.
2: Yeah, these people were definitely very focused on probably botany specifically. <laughs> it was a very uh, Green Witch vibe, which I really appreciate. It, I felt like I was visiting some sort of alternate vision of a Victorian uh, greenhouse.
1: Kate and I were so excited to speak to this episode's guest, Marie, who made the Gentle Tarot. Uh, obviously, we've been uh, corresponding and going back and forth with Mari for quite a while now, uh, ever since the beginning of her Kickstarter campaign. You know, obviously having to discuss uh, exciting topics such as importing tarot decks into Germany and and what's the best way to go about it. And all throughout it, uh, Marie has been such a wonderful person to work with. uh, And, you know, she has such a a gentle and sweet energy, just like her deck. Um, But we never actually got to, to sit down and talk to her. Uh, and really get to know each other. So it was just really great to be able to finally interview her and and get to know a bit more about her backstory and how she created the deck. And I think this is just one of the really special things for us personally to be able to work directly with indie deck creators.
2: Yeah, as, as you said, the real privilege that we have in getting to work with and speak to indie deck creators is to get a really complete picture of the creative process uh, from start to finish of what it takes to think of a creative idea, translate it to tarot, actually make the deck, distribute it, and then ultimately deliver the deck into the hands of a tarot reader. The whole process is really impressive and mind-blowing.
1: Yeah, and it's it's just really special as well for us to feel that we're kind of a small part in that journey, you know, because a lot of these decks, they, they start as an idea and, you know, they, they design out their deck to a certain extent, but then they really depend on the Kickstarter campaign or sort of the faith of the community and the financing that comes from the community to actually bring their project to fruition. And a lot of these people, it's just their side passion, their side hustle, and then it can end up actually becoming their main job. So uh, to be able to be part of that and to be able to kind of help in the tiny way that we can really is just, uh, is just so uh, fulfilling. It feels very gratifying to play a part in helping somebody
2: get a truly unique and inspired piece of art out there into the marketplace. And independent tarot in and of itself, it feels really special because it's it's an interactive piece of art. It's it's not um, like just looking at visual art. It's getting to use visual art as a tool, which is perhaps why there's such a renaissance for independent tarot decks now.
1: Yeah, and and also there's just so much more room for people to play within all of this. You know, there's there's all sorts of decks for all sorts of people and all sorts of usages I think that a lot of people even though the Rider Waite Smith is obviously like the go-to the reference it's even good to sometimes check back to it for some symbology and meanings and understanding but you know a lot of people it can feel a bit alienating like it's not really resonating with them it's sort of uh, represents things like uh, you know colonialism or patriarchy that maybe just sort of rubs people the wrong way. And so now you know you have creators really just taking their ideas and the re- reinterpretations in all sorts of new directions. And I think that's another aspect that's just so excited um, that's so exciting about this uh, Renaissance, as you called it.
2: <laughs> yeah, it's really empowering to know that the form of tarot is big enough to hold a complete reimagining of its symbology.
1: So it only makes sense that for this episode we use the gentle tarot deck to pull a tarot card for our uh, reading Um, and also once again we're going to be using just uh, the major arcana uh, because it's always good for dealing with bigger more expansive themes. So we just wanted to point out that in her interpretation of uh, the major arcana There are actually 23 cards, so it goes from 0 to 22, and uh, 22 is called the Unseen. So I pulled the Hanging Woman. Ooh, the Hanging Woman. (laughs) Actually,
2: I pulled this one for myself in a reading that I did with this deck earlier in the week.
1: Yeah, and her interpretation of it is really lovely. Uh, it's a uh, naked woman joyously swinging upside down with her hair blowing the wind. And there's like two birds sitting nearby chirping and like flowers around her. So it's actually a very uh, positive uh, depiction of this card, which, again, kind of lives up to the, the you know, the vibe of the deck.
2: I think this is, this is hands down the most positive interpretation I have ever seen of this archetype, and I love it. It takes something that can be quite uncomfortable, something that in other decks is reminiscent of restraint and even has an energy of possible crucifixion. Uh, this card, all of that is not there at all, which really throws a completely different energy on the hanged person the hanged one the hanged man whatever you want to call that archetype this one is the hanging woman which to me it it talks about the pleasure of being in between things instead of the fear of being in
1: between things yeah there's also this notion of surrender as well um that just sort of trust and have faith that Everything is, is going to go okay, um, and I, I think that's an interesting message actually from our last uh, episode where we pu- pulled the hermit, and it felt really kind of like okay, we're done with hermit energy. We've been hermiting for you know a long time, and then I feel like this card is kind of like giving us an out in a way, being like okay, it's been long, it's been hard, but things are going to work out.
2: Yeah, I think Joey, both you and I need this card right now. We are the hanging woman.
1: Um, also Marie, uh, she's included a really extensive guidebook with the deck, um, with even, yeah, it's, it's beautiful. I mean, and there's also even space for notes and journaling in it, even though it's like a little pocket size, um, And she also, like, in her descriptions, like, she's actually gone to a lot of trouble to uh, give descriptions for the cards. Yeah, I
2: think sometimes in intuitive tarot, people choose not to work with a guidebook. But I think with this particular deck, just because of the synthesis of Mari's art, as well as the meanings she adjusts or adds to in her guidebook, it's really enjoyable to do readings using her guidebook. The energy and archetype of the Hanged Woman in the Gentle Tarot speaks directly to the creator of this deck and the faith that she had to have in the process of her creation, not knowing where the journey would take her. Hi, Mari.
0: Welcome. Hi. Hi. Thanks for having me. Hi,
2: (laughs) Jolly.
1: Yeah, thank you so much for being on our show. We're we're so excited to talk to you and uh, talk to you all about the Gentle Tarot.
0: Uh, thanks for having me. I'm so happy to be here.
1: yeah, so how did you get into Tarot in the first place?
0: So I actually didn't really get into tarot until after college. I had been exposed to it in college um, and then after I graduated in two thousand and nine a very long time ago <laughs> um <laughs> I had a, I had a really special moment with tarot. I was living in Seattle working three jobs and I quit them all and I just had a backpack and I was going to hitchhike um, down the west coast and some really close friends of mine did this tarot reading with me and it kind of just like opened up this whole other world. You know I mean I had been like I've used it before but the reading was just like so on point and
1: it gave everybody chills every time there was like another card pulled. Um, was your friend doing readings for you or did she give you a deck and kind of show you how to do readings for yourself?
0: No, she, her and another friend were just doing a reading for me and they were avid tarot users and one of them was has been like a tarot reader kind of professional after that. But um, I guess one thing that really hit me was like I feel like there's many moments within daily life that are kind of magical and like in that other realm and like clues or like just like communication and I feel like I've always been in tune with that part of life so having cards bring up like very specific (laughs) um like synchrony like synchronicity and like kind of messages and like using your intuition was just like a really beautiful experience yeah, so then, si- then after that, I did have a lot more, um, like, practice, but it was mostly, like, with small intimate groups of other people, and I did have a daily practice for a while, and then, um, just, like, pulling a single card, and then more recently, like, in the last three or four years, a lot of, um, like, friend gatherings, we also always pull cards when we get together, so that's been my
1: most recent, um, you know, before creating the deck. I, I guess I'm just like want to backtrack here because it's interesting. Okay, so you had this aha moment with Tarot. It, it sounded like a very crucial or pivotal part of your life. So how did you go from that to basically creating this incredible deck that you have today? Because, uh, I mean, what what's your professional background? Oh, thank you. Um, my professional life
0: is mostly has mostly consisted of doing biology work for the Department of Fish and Game for State of Alaska, um, which has heavily influenced my art. Is a lot of, most all of my work has been very remote, like locations where you have to be dropped off in like a small airplane or a boat, and like you're there for two to four months. Pretty isolated with very minimal... Um, yeah just it's almost like camping and living on a river and collecting data on salmon um Do you enjoy that? Oh yeah, it's a dream job. It feels like you're getting paid to be on a perfect vacation, and <laughs> it's not like the weather is nice, like it's rainy, there's bears, there's like wolves <laughs> and um but I just love it um and it's definitely a time that I am. Really drawn to create, and I actually started the Gentle Tarot when I was out doing this work.
1: And has it always been in Unalaska? Because that's how you pronounce it, right? Or is that wrong?
0: No, no, that's <laughs> how you pronounce it, Unalaska.
1: Okay. <laughs> Yeah, cause I, I we looked uh, we looked up on Alaska on the map, and I was like, "Wow, there's Alaska, and then there's Unalaska, which is like so far out. It's like at the very tip of the islands of Alaska." Yeah, and it just
0: doesn't feel like any other part of Alaska I've been to. So, ori- like for a lot of years, I mostly did my seasonal work, and that was in Kodiak, Kodiak Island. Um, big, big bears and i moved out to the peninsula and then out to unalaska in 2017 for seasonal work um my partner is from india so i would spend like half the time in alaska and half the time in india and my seasonal job allowed me to do that but then um the end of 2018 i got the full-time job in unalaska and lived there full-time year-round and
2: But that's a major change energetically too, to, to, um, spend part of your year in India and then part of your year in Alaska. How, how did, how did you feel about that when you were going back and forth?
0: Yeah. I mean, I is definitely, definitely like polar opposites. And there were some times where I went like directly to India after my seasonal work, which was pretty, um, extreme, but I guess I kind of like that. Like I like, kind of challenging like my psyche and my i don't know i just like adapting i feel like it's my element and i i don't know it just always invigorated me to go from one to the other and feel at home in both
1: (laughs) you mentioned bears earlier did you have any direct encounters with them or have to deal with the tricky situations actually we i mean i've lived in
0: um camps where we had up to 12 to 14 bears around every day Oh no! so it's Whoa. yeah and some <laughs> of them were huge like bigger than cars and um for the most part they're interested in the salmon and um the males that are not that good at fishing that were like maybe like you know two or three years old those males were kind of skinny and sometimes they would <laughs> you know follow a co-worker home and you know but we have we're we have the tools we need to make sure we're safe and most of the time if you just let them know that you're there like i did a lot of hiking and the grass grows taller than me because in the summertime alaska so much sun vegetation is just like and you just as long as i know you're there so i every time i'd go hiking i'd have like a <coughs> a container with like beans inside that i would kind of rattle and then you know they'll they'll stand up and like check you out and that like, you have to let them know you yell, you know you're like hey bear just so they know you're human, and then you just kind of wait okay who's gonna who so uh, one of you have to walk you know give each other space so for the most part you you are living with them every day and for the most part you're supposed to yell you're gonna know, like have like a nice powerful loud yell and they just tell us to say hey bear so like you're just saying hey bear all the time, <laughs> but. Uh, okay.
2: The one bear encounter I had in Colorado, I guess I did the right thing. I was I was camping, uh-huh. and I hadn't really thought about what to do if uh-huh. a bear came, and then this bear came and was poking its nose into the <laughs> nylon of my tent. Oh no, and I, 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 I was in my underwear and I didn't know what to do. And all I could think of was to say bear really loud (laughs) and uh at at the time I felt like oh this is you know incredibly silly I'm just saying bear because I'm so scared and I can't think of anything
1: you're good Um, yeah yelling is good good. yeah (laughs) (laughs) so are you a self-taught artist uh did you have any formal training or is this completely like I mean how long have you actually even been drawing for because I mean there's definitely like a mastery in your in your uh in your illustrations
0: thank you um I mean I guess I've been dry- s- drawing since I was a child and I I am self-taught. Um I do have artists in my family, my mom and my brother. My brother is a professional artist. Um but I haven't really, you know, really gone for it. I guess 2019 I really started to try to share my work and try to sell it and um that was really slow but fun and interesting. So it's very new,
1: actually. I mean, at what point did you say to yourself, hmm, maybe I should actually try to sell my work or do something more commercial with it? Like, Because that is definitely a big step, you know, where you say to yourself, yeah, I think that this could resonate with other people. Yeah, so
0: actually, um, so I switched from the seasonal, like, dream job work to also doing full-time work with the state of Alaska. Um, similar position, but like half office, half sampling um, crab. And um, I think I did it out of necessity. Like I was really struggling with depression and anxiety and creating was my outlet. And I just um, had to do something to make my life feel (laughs) like I was living it for myself also and like not just doing the full time work so i just started drawing like a flora and fauna series for the uh, the island where i was living and um summertime came around and i heard that there was opportunity to try selling your art to like the um the cruise ships and at the museum like actually the museum i took one sticker to the museum and the woman that worked there was like you need to sell more like she just totally believed in me she's like I just started with one sticker and then I had like magnets and cards and prints and she really supported me um and told me that I could eventually quit my job one day if I keep at it and I was like what that's a dream
2: (laughs) she encouraged you from the beginning yeah that's so great it's like uh meeting the right person at the right time at the beginning of the journey
0: Yeah, it's like I'm so thankful to her and her beautiful energy and
1: yeah. How would you say your practice has evolved now with tarot? Because obviously going from uh, being exposed to it and just a user and then being a creator, like how would you say you use tarot today? I guess it's been interesting because I also
0: hadn't really been exposed to that many decks before creating one now that I feel like part of the community i've been supporting other creators and like exploring like oracle decks like i know you know and just i love the new like concepts and pers- perspectives that creators bring to tarot so it feels like my practice has widened mm-hmm. um and i'm always learning but uh yeah it just it feels a lot more well-rounded and like wholesome and it, it just The community has been so supportive and so loving. It's just, um, I feel like even when I'm doing it alone, it's like you're doing it with the community, kind of.
2: Oh, so all the people that you've met along your journey and who have then opened up to you, you kind of hold those people energetically a bit, like, in your... That's what it sounds like to me. I don't know if that's exactly what you're describing, but, like, you, you sort of feel like you're part of something larger now.
0: yeah. I guess, you know, people share private messages with me with like how the specific gentle tarot cards have helped them through different situations. And I just feel like it opens up a lot more um,
1: like meaning to the practice than I had just on my own. Would you also say there's a lot of support between indie tarot makers? How would you say that that kind of community, I guess, like functions or, or helps each other?
0: yeah definitely i i mean honestly i don't think i could have gone through the whole kickstarter (laughs) experience without having that support from other indie deck creators um i have actually like before i even started i reached out to i reached out to a handful of successful creators and a couple got back to me and um like emmy brady has been super supportive to me just like on the private level and there's also this small group of indie deck creators on Facebook where we kind of like help each other out and ask questions and just go through all of the like logistics and issues. And, um, it's just a really beautiful supportive community. Like it's, I feel I'm happy that, um, it's like a small little group of creators that cause then you feel really able to share anything. <laughs> um, so I, it just, Yeah, it's amazing. I just feel blown away all the time of how resourceful and helpful and supportive. It's just, it's amazing.
2: Since our audience is Europe-based, they may or may not know what it's like to be Native American. They might not know what that means. So maybe first of all, could you explain to us um, your Native American background?
0: So for me, Native American means being native to the American continent. which I identify with, um, but I I ca- I prefer to identify as Indigenous because I don't necessarily want to be mistaken with a Native American that is like part of a tribe and on a reservation mm-hmm. um, because it's a very different experience. But um, I am I am Indigenous, so my blood is huichol, which is huicharica, and Chichimeca, which is from Mexico, and um, so being indigenous, an indigenous person that is native to the American continent, is how I identify myself.
2: For your indigenous um, ancestral line, do you have spiritual beliefs that you received from your ancestral line, or mm-hmm. are your spiritual beliefs your own? Or yeah, share share yeah. a little bit about that.
0: So, I was really fortunate to grow up in an environment that was full of um, ceremony and indigenous practices. Um, My mom was taking me to ceremonies since I was a baby, Mm -hmm. and growing up with that energy, and it's important to note that um, there are ceremonies and practices that are shared across borders, because they existed before the borders were there, so... um, I was fortunate to, to be in ceremony with, um, with Chumash, with my mom, and with the Blackfoot Nation and Lakota, and we would, you know, we would travel to these specific ceremonies when it was time, and um, also, um, I was able to have connection with my own roots and my own spiritual practices from Mexico and pray in that way but the beautiful thing about it is is that the language like the practices and the beliefs are s- the same hmm. so um i guess when i mentioned in the deck that it's influenced by my indigenous background it's it sort of kind of boils down to the the belief of our connection like our direct connection with the planet and the fact that it's everything is a gift, and we're responsible for taking care. For taking care of it, and I feel like this kind of stewardship can get lost. Um, and I mm-hmm. guess it's it's kind of not just like, because we were traveling around, or, but it's like, there's a lot of intertribal ceremony. We had connections with certain families and people. And um, it's very open and like, we're kind of accepted. It's like, you know, like sis- sisters
2: from the South, like we're just, it's all the same family. So community building was a big part of it too, not just traveling around, but really being part of a, a community and it exchange.
0: Yeah. And it's, I mean, it's kind of like family, you know, yeah. so it's not, um, it's, it's a very like deep connection prayer is just so sacred and sharing that is sacred and it's like you it's like we are there is no divide you know like even though we are from south of the border and you know it's interesting because there's some of the practices are so similar but like we have our own language and our own songs Mm. and it's been a beautiful experience to have both and Mm -hmm. see And feel the similarities it's not invented by me but i feel like it's at the root of my being anyway and like having exposure um is definitely always been with me and like solidified that kind of connection and relationship
1: would you say also that you know these communities must be even more upset than ever just regarding everything that's happening with climate change and and the fact that you know we haven't respected the earth uh, as humans like this last century and in a way you know your your community has just been saying what everybody should have really been respecting all along like you know i guess how has the discussion evolved recently regarding these subjects
0: it's been in the discussion and it's been in our prayer for so long you know and it's I guess the hardest thing for me is to see the resistance from the you know the governing forces and the violence and (laughs) injustice is just um it's heartbreaking but it is inspiring to see a lot of youth also stepping up and taking action and like getting the other youth involved and honestly it's a really it's just really hard you know to to find that balance of like having hope and also maintaining like your mental health (laughs) like it's just Mm. you know but I think the main thing is that it is it is inspiring to see a lot of action and um like for the gentle tarot last year, I did donate to Honor the Earth, and um, we'll be donating again with a Uh, percentage of the proceeds, so I just feel like it's important to do what we can and learn and
1: help. I mean, uh, we feel fortunate because Germany is quite progressive when it comes to all things green and sustainability and the circular economy, and when we even set out to make our company, we, you know, we, we pretty much built it into the DNA of the brand that all of our packaging had to be, not just sustainable, but also trying not to generate more waste. Um, mm-hmm. And you know that we sell products that honor the earth, that honor the people, and uh, it's nice to be in a country that actually really kind of not only supports that, but almost demands it. Yeah.
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, no, and
1: I and I hope great. it's the case in more and more places.
0: Yeah. No, that's, that's the way it's got to
2: be, you know, it has to change. So with the, um, this is just a connection that I thought of, and co- so correct me if I'm wrong, um, but uh, it, it seems that the energy of your tarot deck is, it is gentle, how it says, but it also seems to sort of go beyond that to, to really want to sort of nurture and, and teach. Was this one of your main intentions when creating the deck? Yeah,
0: um I guess I also have to start off by saying that I feel like this deck really kind of created itself in a way. Like I I mentioned before, like I really I really didn't have much exposure to other decks. Um there was a very few. So, um when I decided to kind of go for it and create one, um, it was really kind of, I don't know how to describe it, but just, you know, meditating with each kind of card meaning and allowing it to come out on its own, like the visuals for the far, for the card first came up, and, um, the writing came after, and I had to revisit the art to then connect with the writing and allow that to come out, but, um, I guess the feedback that I've gotten I guess is similar a little bit to what you mentioned and I just I guess I'm really I'm really thankful and like grateful for that like reception but I guess internally I wasn't intentionally like okay I'm gonna like do it this way so that it does this like that was not like intent like a thing I was like trying to do I just kind of sat with the creative process and like allowed, like my heart to just be open and just kind of feel like what does this card meaning mm, to
2: come out organically?
1: Yeah. Well, earlier you you mentioned when you first came upon tarot and it was uh, you know it was sounds like it was a bit of a difficult moment in your life and that it it helped you with your mental health as well. Is that some of the motivation behind why you created? the gentle tarot, because the energy of the deck truly is gentle. And I always explain to people, actually, that every tarot deck has its own vibe. It has its own energy. Some give you tough love. Some give you, like, romantic love. And this one really does succeed at giving you gentleness and kindness. Like, you don't feel scared when you use it. So was that kind of in your mind when you were creating it? Like, I want also a bit of, like, a sort of mental health tool or support.
0: Yeah, and I definitely... Um, and I, I mean I, gu- I guess I'm glad you brought that up because one of the reason why I wanted to kind of create my own um, was because I hadn't come across a deck where I felt like kind of that like very loving unconditional love kind of energy that I, I felt was my relationship with tarot um, but uh, it's like the imagery didn't that I w- with decks that I was using just wasn't really doing that So I feel, I felt like, okay, like, I wanted to create the space that kind of reflected the relationship that I felt with tarot, which was one that was supportive, and I guess I mostly was using tarot, like, yeah, when, you know, things are a little difficult and confusing, and, um, you need support, um, and I, I guess it definitely did, um, come out that way, and, uh. It's just I just want, you know, to have to reflect the kind of relationship that I had that I had wanted, I guess, mm-hmm. with the tarot deck.
2: Hmm. Well, I think that resonates with a lot of people. I think that's why you're getting such a response. You know, people, I think, crave that energy,
1: especially right now.
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You have to be very clear, open conduit to, you know, not only sort of feel that for yourself, but then make a whole tarot deck. And, and, you know, self published no problem. You know, <laughs> get it out there.
1: <laughs> I'm, I'm just curious, actually, because, like, um, you know, a lot of creators, they, they will sometimes change the suits. But a lot of the time we don't know what, what their backstory was or why they chose what. So um, do you mind telling us why you chose thunder instead of swords and uh, stones instead of pentacles? So when I started to draw the sword suit,
0: Uh, And, like, sit with it and kind of imagine it before starting. Um, It just the swords wasn't going to... It felt very colonial, imperialist, Mm. like, just, like, this weapon. It's, like, I don't want this steel weapon in my deck. And Mm -hmm. that always felt... I mean, and also just, like, the king and queen, this, like, patriarchal, very... Mm. I just... It never felt good to me. And just, Mm -hmm. like, it brings up all this um, hard feelings, I think, especially with my background. So, uh, for the swords, you know, it being, like, the the element is air, and it just felt like thunder. You know, when I was drawing the tower card before I started the minor arcana um is just like the thunder in the tower was kind of like that illumination and like like very directed towards you know the mind <laughs> and um so yeah it just it just made sense and thunder is just so like awakening and like when you hear I mean when you see it when you hear it I just feel like it's so powerful and so beautiful that um I felt it was kind of perfect and it still had a similar kind of look, you know, it's can be white and pointy and <laughs> but very, you know, part of nature and you know, an important teacher.
2: Yeah, amazing. I like it. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> and stones?
0: Yeah, so that one didn't come as quickly as the thunder. Um, but I just I just wanted an earthy a symbol and um I guess a lot of times like we can connect with stones and rocks and like feel like they're little beings also or like friends like people collect them and they look for them and I just feel like
2: I do wherever I travel in the world (laughs) I I come back with a big bag full of rocks
0: yeah so I guess you know just having the earth there is and it and it just like it just also felt like it made sense
1: and then also uh, one of the, the elements that really caught a lot of people's attention was that you said that you drew only fauna and flora from the environment where you are were, you were living, which is on Alaska. Uh, so how did you do that research? Like, were you going out in the field and observing more things as you were drawing it? Like, how did you do that? Um, I mean, for the most part,
0: they're, well, so just to correct you, it's, I was doing flora and fauna from, like, all of Alaska, because oh. in Un-Alaska, we <laughs> only have foxes and eagles. We don't have bears there,
2: or any So, so you had to paribour. branch out. <laughs> I yeah. branched out to all of Alaska. <laughs> um, Un-Alaska does not have enough animals for a, an entire <laughs> yeah.
0: territory. But anyway, yeah, I no, it. it just, it wasn't. I kind of just, you know, meditating with the card and feeling what animal kind of came up.
1: Well, I guess through your job, you were also already quite familiar with a lot of different animals and vegetation, etc. Because, I mean, some of them are fairly specific. Like, I think people in Europe would look at some of these animals and be like, we definitely don't see those here.
0: (laughs) Hmm. Yeah. And even, you know, even um, the chariot is an actual bear that I knew in Kodiak. So <gasps> it gets even more specific.
2: That's so <laughs> great, <cute. laughs> wow. But, <laughs> Would you say your spiritual beliefs fed into the creation of gentle tarot? I think the beliefs kind of
0: also play out in the deck. I mean, it's not like overt, like I'm not trying to like teach my spirituality or anything, but I think when, when oh. I like, I really just want to reinforce or, like remind us of the connection we have with the planet like even if spirituality is set aside like the fact that um, there is that like love and relationship there available mm. to anybody um, mm-hmm. and whether or not
2: we're talking about spirituality we're just yeah. talking about the earth itself. yeah
0: and being right. like human beings like earthlings yeah. you know and yeah. I, yeah. I, I think that's kind of important to me because it's it's there for everybody you know it doesn't matter like what your background is like we are all like that energy is there for everybody
1: well just to switch gears a bit uh so obviously independently publishing a deck and doing it on a kickstarter is a whole thing in itself as you're the first tarot Crater we've had on our podcast we'd really love to hear more about how that experience was for you you know kind of from start to the, you know working on the decks getting feedback from people making the uh the different like pledge levels and stuff and then actually having to deliver them in the end i mean how how was that experience oh my gosh,
0: it was so crazy, I mean, that part where like, they literally, the boxes filled up my mom's, like, tiny little house, we couldn't walk anywhere, (laughs) but, um, no, but, yeah, I definitely, it was definitely, you know, I learned a lot, um, I'm actually, like, I, I kind of need to start another Kickstarter, and I'm a little hesitant, just because it was so much work, it was so much work, um,
1: were you doing it all on your own? Like, I mean, were you pretty much a one-woman show for this? Yeah, wow.
0: yeah. Okay. Except for uh, fulfillment, my partner, my mom, and her partner helped me with fulfillment. <laughs> Which I couldn't have done it. Was like fourteen hundred packages in one week. <laughs> it was. Whoa. <laughs> it what? was. It was g- like gruesome. But, <laughs> anyways, <laughs> um, yeah. No, the mo- for the most part, it was on my own. I mean. I didn't know what I was getting into at all, um, I guess I kind of looked around the other tarot decks and I'm like, oh, okay, this is how they do it, they go through kickstarter, I had no idea, I didn't even finish the deck when I launched the kickstarter, so, you know, there was still illustrating and writing and designing to be done, um, I don't even know why I did that, I guess I just, I just like for some reason I was like, okay. This is going to happen now. Did
1: you ever imagine that it would be as big of a success as it has been?
0: No, not at all. I was I like I was just really hoping to have 300 backers to be able to like manufacture or like get the deck made. So yeah, on the first day when we reached our goal, and originally I was going to put like 4,000 as my goal, but that doesn't even make sense cuz it doesn't account for like shipping and uh, all these things that I didn't know about. So my family they're like no like four thousand is like not enough like 12 or whatever I'm like oh no like I was scared you know like what if I don't make the goal and then like when it happened on the first day it was kind of just like transforming before my eyes and I just became a lot more than I imagined and um it was a lot of work and I'm I mean I'm so 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 thankful like I I don't even know how my kickstarter got so much reach Like, people reached out to me, like, hey, you're so successful. Like, how'd you do it? I'm like, I don't even know. Like, I'm, and I'm nervous because I have to launch another one. And I'm just like, I don't even know how that happened. So I'm kind of hoping that just, you know, I guess, you know, my mom was like, well, you know, you put the energy out and the energy came back. And I'm just really, really thankful. And I just, it feels like magic, you know, like, however it reached people, like,
2: I'm just. The deck is speaking for itself. (laughs) right
1: speaking of which um what other projects are you working on then that you can share with us I guess at this moment
0: (laughs) so I'm working on finishing the full-size guidebook and that's gonna have like more in-depth descriptions as well as like people have requested a bit more on like the art the art for each card um and I'm also working on a pocket size deck um and an oracle deck (laughs) <laughs> Ooh, <yay. laughs> to a <Ooh>. company. <laughs> um, so it's kind of like in the order of what's happening. Um, and, and those I'm,
2: things will be on Kickstarter at some point.
0: Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think I'm going to go ahead and put like the full size um, guidebook and the pocket deck like on the same Kickstarter. I just want to minimize the number of Kickstarters because it's so much work. Mm-hmm. But um, if I had the Oracle deck finished i would just put it all on one kickstarter but um i think um it's hard i feel a lot of like energy to get it done but it's also like there's life and reality and i have to like go with the pace that's available but um
2: yeah you're still working a full-time job right in you know. addition to all of this oh. oh so
1: you were able to quit your day job i quit wow, congratulations. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> thank
0: you yeah no definitely felt like a jump off a cliff but i did it <laughs> and it's a little scary but um i guess i'm just giving it all i got
1: amazing i'm sure you'll get to a point also that you'll no longer need to do kickstarter campaigns that you'll kind of have like a rolling you know pu- publishing like self-publishing company so to speak that you know you that basically your previous decks will finance your future decks <laughs>
0: You know, it's funny, when I was very, very, very first starting and talking to Emmy Brady in one of her emails, she's like, yeah, this is going to become your full-time job. Like, before I even did the Kickstarter, she's like, this is, and I was just like, it kind of, like, hit me, like, what? Like, no, like, what do you mean? Like, I'm trying to get 300 backers, (laughs) you know? Like, how is this going to be my full-time job? But it actually Mm -hmm. is a lot of work. Like, I was having a hard time, like keeping up with both like I just wasn't sleeping and yeah.
2: Yeah, yeah. All the behind the scenes admin work, you know, people don't see it, but it, oh. it's a lot. Yeah. <laughs> so a lot. It's so much. A lot. So
0: much. It feels like I'm doing the work of like an entire team and then also trying to be creative. Mm. Um, and I've never run a business. I didn't know I was signing up for like starting a business. <laughs> but um yeah, like Accounting and taxes and money and all that and it's just Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's very stressful. We, we hear you. <laughs> we know, yeah. we <laughs> <Yeah>.
2: Yep.
1: <laughs> what about um a second edition of uh The Gentle Tarot? I mean, a lot of people, a lot of creators do this. It's not necessary, but some people do feel like they wanna make a sort of update or a refresh of their of their deck
0: yeah no i already have um i already have a handful of updates that i want to make for the second edition so there will be a second edition but um i um you know with the kickstarter i kind of like invested it all back into the gentle tarot so i did print um like six thousand decks for the first edition and i i want to kind of get through those before printing the second one but um Definitely, once I'm done with the oracle deck, I will be... I'm really excited for the second edition also, but uh, I guess it'll it'll come when it's time.
1: If you could give any advice to your younger self, what would it be? Oh, wow. <laughs> oh,
0: I would tell her to not be scared and... The fire, the fire in your heart is real. And it will take you exactly where you need to be. It took a long time, you know? I've always wanted to make art, and it's been such a long... I mean, I'm 35, and it's just taken... It's been such a long, windy, like... Even just the emotional and psychological part is the hardest part, you know? And then... Mm yeah so I just feel like seeing this labor of love just kind of take off It's like, wait, like it's you know it was there. I just had to allow it, and um I feel like we just stop ourselves with fear so much.
2: Many people don't realize this, but Kismet is an ancient word borrowed into English, and we chose it because it is related to a force that's like destiny. It belongs to several languages and has different historical and geographical layers to its meaning. Modern dictionaries define it as a force that some people think controls what happens in the future. So, do you believe in fate or destiny?
0: I don't know. I mean, I guess I feel like it's related, but I definitely believe in like a calling and purpose and I feel like I guess it's almost related to the last question but it's like you know when you follow it then it's like you're creating like you're just aligning and like creating that path to your destiny and I do feel like we all have a purpose um and a gift to give and listening to it is like probably the most beautiful way we could honor our existence and um you know do our thing here
2: <laughs> so, So, um, if we were to find you on the internet, where should we go? What's the best place?
0: Um, probably, probably Instagram, um, at Mighty in the Sky. And, um, I do have a website, but I feel like I'm still kind of getting, getting used to it, um. But Etsy, I think, is more set up for, like, international orders especially. But Mm -hmm. um, the website does have, like, more, like, bio stuff and, like, links to, like, interviews or reviews and stuff. Oh, the website is thegentletarot.com.
1: Yeah, and for listeners who live in the EU, Norway, or Switzerland, you can find The Gentle Tarot on our website as well. This show was produced, recorded, and edited in Berlin, Germany by us, Joey, and Kate. Check out our website to find a magical selection of ethical crystals, indie tarot cards, handmade jewelry, and natural candles and incense. You can find us at www.kismetberlin.com. That's www.kismetberlin.com. As well as on Instagram, at kismetberlin, all in one word. Music is by Tobu, and the track is entitled Sapphire. Thanks for listening and stay Mystically Curious.